This is an audio disclaimer. I do not own the rights to any music that we played in this here episode. So if you don't like me, don't sue me. Just boo me. You know, we work some not. The deal is real. This is episode 97. Wow. What a great year. What a great episode date of the Isolate That's Podcast. My name is Langston Mail. Let's hit the intro. Don't play with it. Let's stay with it. Again, welcome back to the Isolated Thoughts Podcast. Jesus Christ, 19, I was going to say 1947, but it's clearly not that, 1997. That's a, again, great year, but this is episode 97. Episode 97. Huh. Huh. Three away from something monumentous, but the fact that we're here three years in is monumentous of itself. Again, my name is Langston Mayo. I'm your host with something, probably not the most, but... (laughs) I'm here with y'all. I appreciate y'all patience. I know episode frequency has uh, dwindled. I'll just call it as dwindled as much as I like. Uh, I would like it to be. Um, The reviews are still coming on Patreon. Uh, It's just, it's, it it gets difficult given just, it's kind of this weird limbo that I've been in for well longer than I would ever like to be. Uh, However, though, uh, it's where I am. And so, yeah, as I look to close the chapter of this time I've been in for uh, way too long, I look forward to being able to have a different schedule, a different availability, and a different um, just momentum and pace that will allow me to pour back into the podcast the way I should. Again, follow me on Twitter. I feel like that's the way that I am like regularly posting pod thoughts and different things that isn't recording, uploading, editing again. You know, I haven't done this all this by myself, minus shout out to KPG Designs and Karen who helped me um develop my website. I yeah, it it's it's just a lot. It's just a lot because it's not like, oh okay, if I, I just know that I just have to record and then I send it off to somebody to edit and upload and all that shit, then I think it it would be different. But uh Sometimes seeing the full road can get uh, a bit discouraging uh, or draining. I don't know the quite the word, but at the end of the day, they're all excuses because uh, I appreciate everyone I, I, that listens. Of course, everyone on Patreon. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I, I, I understand a lot and I hope you all understand just a little bit as well. With all that. Talking and dancing and shit. Uh, we'll get into, again, a lot that's happened since we last were together. Thank you, Lord. We are, yeah, we're just going to get straight to, it's been just under, a, not even a month. It's been like four or five weeks now. Not even that. I, I don't know why I can't keep track of time, but it's been about three-ish weeks. The Denver Nuggets of Denver, Colorado, of the United States of America, are the 2023 NBA champions. Can we get a motherfucking, I don't know, like, can we just acknowledge? I don't do the applause often, so that was loud, sorry. <laughs> but truly, can we acknowledge the level of 
man, I, I, I only in am I now starting to feel like, oh man, like it's uh, not surreal. I don't have the means to have gone to a finals game, but I was able to go back to Denver and go down to Civic Center Park and you know near downtown and be a part of the parade and those festivities both with friends and just amongst other basketball strangers. And that was just a great fucking time. And it, it ran, it's been raining a lot in, or well, rained a lot in June and May, but particularly in June. And so it was only, you know, the glory of God that it didn't rain at all that Thursday of the parade. And, and as, as again, y'all know, as a lifelong nugget fan, I just, just, you know, please down to my knees. And so, that's just really good, man, because it feels good morale-wise, city-wise, that, again, the city don't appreciate the Nuggets like that. It's a Broncos town. Understandably, in some ways, again, they established their identity as a winner of multiple Super Bowls, multiple Super Bowl appearances, so I get it. I get it. And the Nuggets, though, man, like, they don't understand how special this team was and how, how it will continue to be. Um, of course, Bruce Brown's gone. He's an Indiana Pacer. But again, I always say it. I wanted him to get his back because the Nuggets, because the cap shit, weren't going to be able to pay him more than $6 million this year. Uh, and then I think the MLE, the mid-level exception, they were only going to be able to pay him like $12.5 million a year. And so Indiana said, we're going to give you about damn near $23 million a year. And the man's made, I think, between 12 and $15 million over the course of his like six-year career. And so, yeah, with that, yeah, putting that in perspective, that's all I wanted from him. Like, go get, go get the bag. You got a ring, go get a bag. I don't think he's going to win anything in Indiana. Indiana has, you know, they have, they have a little squad over there, Miles, uh, Tyrese, uh, now Bruce. Uh, I think Buddy's still over there, but I think they're trying to move Buddy. Buddy probably get traded at some point. And, yeah, they're – they're not the worst team in the East by any means, but I think they'd be lucky to make the play-in. Like, no, I think they can make, they'll make the play-in, but yeah, they'll be lucky to make like a solidified six seed or anything like that. Because East is, it's going to be all right this coming year. But again, focus is on Denver Nuggets. Jeff Green wants to get a, a bigger than vet bag out in uh, Houston. He's played there before, so it'd be cool. Again, just, he may know he's doing. He need that that locker room presence over there, uh, over there in Houston, and yeah, man. They, uh, but Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet, they they're gonna be all right over there in Houston too. Again, they're not competing for a championship, but they're gonna be better than they were last year. And yeah, these rookies, we gonna see what they're talking about. Jalen Pickett, Julian Strother, uh, Hunter Tyson. His first summer league game was yesterday. That white boy, I, yeah, I, he might be, he might be, I, I, um, and yeah, man, I'm just excited for ring night, banner night, just hopefully Nike, I'm talking to you, Nike, in Beaverton, Oregon, do, do the Nuggets right, give them a nice little city edition jersey that commemorates the championship, bro, we, I don't know, man, I, I don't know who was over there at Nike designing, like, a who is a part of the NBA department because again, they have the chokehold on both the NFL and the NBA and jerseys are not hitting jerseys are not hitting. Okay. They're not hitting at all. They, they are 
they, they just aren't it, okay? There are some teams that have decent jerseys, don't get me wrong. But across both leagues, across the majority of the teams, they don't have great jerseys. Again, I think, you know, 30, 30 and 32 teams, it's hard to, you know, securely get them all great logos, colors, and all different shit. But, yeah, all I know is we need a blue Skyline jersey ASAP. Um, I don't mind if it's the new digital tie, like Skyline thing that they did the past couple of years prior to this new, uh, these past two like city and statement jerseys or whatever. But yeah, we 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 need that the green trim Skyline. Mm, mm, mm. So all that, uh, we, you know, it's not this is not sports cast here, but Denver Nuggets are champions. I, yeah, and they have the I believe they have what it takes to run it back they do like genuinely i believe again losing bruce and jeff is not you know something to scoff at uh, but we have deandre back in the locker room um i still think he physically looks like he can contribute of course he's not he shouldn't be expected to give meaningful backup minutes um but perhaps hunter tyson zeke naji play um small ball five of course we know aaron gordon can play small play the undersized five but again, I don't think a lot of NBA Twitter fans and all that shit, or at least the Nuggets fans that I see and the people who have perspectives about shit, what happened in the playoffs is a result of playoff basketball when you only have a six, seven, maybe eight-man rotation. Eight-man rotation is the best you can do because you have your starting five and then you have your six-man who's always going to come in the game and then you have two other players that for foul trouble – and for different pacing purposes and matchups and lineups, you put them in the game. But you need a bench for the 82-game regular season because Jokic is not – he's at the point in his career. There's no reason for him to play 82 games. So even outside of any Nick injury with calf or anything like that, he's going to still need to just not even play that many games. Not even load management. Just be like, all right, like back-to-back, and he had a little lingering on his finger or something like that. Give him night off. I give him night off. I just do that because the playoffs were expected to play 40 plus minutes a night. And he looked good. Ever since that Portland series from 2019, when they played 15 overtimes and got fluked out of that, that win, they have looked like, I mean, Jokic himself has looked super in shape. Stamina wise, check out big boy getting it in. So I'm not worried about the nuggets come or right, lock in. Starters, you're playing 35 minimum. Expect to play close to 40 minutes a night in each series. Yeah, but from October to April, we need depth. And it's just a little concerning to have a lot of young guys be responsible for that. Because Peyton Watson, I think he's going to take a leap this year, but it's going to be throughout the season. Because like, I don't know if he's, you know, he's ready to go right this second. But the defense, I know the defense, he has that effort. He gets beat kind of often, but I've seen it in the summer league last night, and I've seen it throughout the the season when he did play last year a little bit. He doesn't give up on plays. So while he may sometimes struggle to keep guys in front of him, which he shouldn't, he's long, but even when he does, you you, you think you got him beat. Them long arms going to smack, smack that thing. So uh, I got faith in them young dudes. Uh, I I will be there. <laughs> Listen, I will be there. I will see ring, ring, bling, bling, rafter, thing, thing. Now, 
Oh, yeah, one more basketball thing. One more basketball thing because, yeah, I just have to. Damian Lillard and Kyrie Irving are two of my favorite. My favorite, like, I'm a Nuggets fan through and through. So it, I don't have, like, a favorite player as a Nugget because, like, I'm a team first and then the player second. But, of course, you know, Jokic, GOAT, Serbian, all that shit, blah, blah, blah. Damian and Kyrie are my two favorite players. Dame Lillard, after 11 years, is finally, and, and very vocally said that, you know, he wants to stay in Portland when in Portland, is now requesting a trade and has made it all but very explicitly clear, both himself and through alleged reportings, he wants to go to Miami, or he would prefer to go to Miami. That's what he's like said in that little interview on the podcast he had about two months ago. But it's been very clear from all the reporting that that's he only wants to go there. And so I'm just really confused by all the the pushback that, oh, Dames, look at all the He's ruined the NBA. The same guy for at least the past five years has gotten nothing but memes about, oh, why? He's all about the grind. He's all about the grind. Oh man, he just just give it up, bro. You're giving your you're giving your best years to a failing franchise again. All these memes about Dame Lillard just staying in Portland and he's all about the grind and all this other shit. And like, come on, bro. Like, like your pride can't be that like worth that much. And so now that up until a week ago, still said he wants to be in Portland, but made it clear before the end of the season that this is this is where. The Trailblazers are messed up. He said, both on podcast and both on you know uh, press uh, pressers and shit like that. But then also, uh, it's been it's been very clear that this is what he has said that he doesn't want. He wants to win, and he wants to he wants the Trailblazers to build around him in a way that isn't more young players because they already got. Uh, Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simmons, two great young pieces, but he wants to have players that can win now, older guys that can win now. And so they didn't do that. They didn't make any moves for any new guys. They they tanked, essentially, get the third pick and then kept it and got Scoot Henderson, which I think he's going to be a solid hooper. So I hope his shoulder is all right. He's going to be solid. But the idea is that they didn't do that. And then second, they had a chance to get into the play-in. And it, this is the worst playoffs to demonstrate that the play-in doesn't matter. Two play-in teams on each conference made it to both the Western Conference Finals, got swept by the Nuggets, and went to the NBA Finals, got beat by the Nuggets. And so the idea that the play-in, you don't have a shot, it, it just shows that, yeah, Portland, like, they, they gave, like, I remember, I always remember early, like later in the season when Dame again. Dame had one of his best seasons of his career this year, and so I just don't, I just don't get the the frustration about oh these player player agency like y'all are so weird. Why y'all have again? I say I'm a team first guy, and I'm a Nuggets fan before individual players. But as a Nuggets fan, you think I still have any fucking negative feelings about Carmelo Anthony that happened over a decade ago? Get over that shit. Bro, these players should be able to have autonomy. Again, as, and this is, I also want to name, again, with Kyrie Irving being one of my favorite players, like his situation is even more like, oh, that's tough because Kyrie does kind of, you know, move to the, the beat of his own drum. I don't think he's a selfish guy. I just think that he 
maybe just doesn't see everything like as much as he talks about like seeing the bigger picture i don't know if he always sees how his actions can impact other people i think he wants his actions to impact other people but maybe like in the way that he desires them and not always in the way that it just is out of our hands uh that being said if dame has been very clear about wanting to stay has not been causing a hoopla and getting wanted to stay until just like a week ago when they, because I guess they met uh, Monday or Tuesday of last week and then the trade request came out like Wednesday. That being said, what the, what, oh, if you, if you were ready to leave, why'd you sign an extension? Because the motherfucker still wants to be there. Like, bro, y'all are just, it's just weird. I mean, I, 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 I mean, it's why capitalism works and still works because people are, you know, slaves, the corporate overlords, but Jesus Christ, like, it's okay. The it's okay. Like <laughs> NBA players that are at the star level. Oh, max players are requesting their self out. Like fucking Dame just got there, bro. He's been there his whole career. Gave his best his best years to that team. He can want to leave. Like y'all, they they are that is a, that is a failing franchise that also is looking for new ownership. So there's a whole bunch of shit going on over there that's not working well because Milwaukee's about to be in the same freaking position. Because Giannis, I think Jokic is the most likely of this generation to stay put. Not that the other play, people are like substantially lower, but I think there's a 99.9% chance that Jokic is going to retire at Denver Nugget. While that unfortunately may be closer than we like, that is the case. Jokic is not going to suit up for another team. I guarantee you that. The only reason I leave that 0.1% is because I'm not God. I don't know. Anything is possible. And then after that, I'd say it'd be Giannis. But Giannis is not at 99%. I'd say Giannis is in 90%. He's going to retire at Milwaukee Buck more, more than likely. But if with a new coach, they have a, don't have a great year. Like he produces, but they don't have a great year. And then at, on top of that, the new ownership situation ends up being weird. Uh, I could see him. I could see him wanting to go somewhere. I don't know where he would go. I'm not going to speculate that far ahead, but I could see him doing that. Uh, and then after that, I don't know. I don't see anybody else that Dame was the guy. And if it was up to him, he absolutely. Only place he would go to, like without hesitation, is the Warriors. But after them leaving the bay, like leaving the bay and going to San Francisco, and then. Or they leave the bay. They leaving the town and going to fucking San Francisco, and then on top of that, them being like the dynasty super team. Like if Steph were to retire early for some reason, yes, he would go over there. But he's not. He's not going. Again, he doesn't want to be. He doesn't want credit. Super team, none of that shit, bro. He just wants to fucking go to a culture that wants to win. But you can't handle that because, bro, the internet creates crazy narratives, and I hate when I start seeing it spill over to actual people have platforms and pundits on tvs and shit and so yeah i don't know shout out to not again no affiliation but just i respect what uh dan lebertard what platform he has over there for sports wise espn is gonna be an interesting place all these people gone pat mcafee going over there again i know i'm no content creator i'm certainly <laughs> i'm quite the furthest thing from a social media influencer but I know that I still have y'all that 
listen, engage at, at the whatever rate in which I'm putting out content and putting out episodes and reviews that I am fully still engaged into what the landscape is. I don't listen to all the podcasts because when there's fucking a million of them and it's just a, it's a mockery at this point. Like isolated thoughts exist because you all are here. Not, and I mean that and not just the like, oh, I speak because I have an audience, but because this is, this is this has always been meaningful and purposeful. Again, it really was. The, the origin was I made the playlist all the time. Or not all the time. I, I started, again, it was really 2020 kicked off with pre-pandemic. I, I wanted to get back into creating things. And, yeah, I, I mean, I, I won't go down the rabbit hole about this shit. But being in school so heavy and not having a creative outlet the way I did in undergrad, it's like, okay, I got to get back, like, get back to that and... Radio wasn't, I wanted to see what the radio was talking about, but it seemed like it was a hard end uh, at at least the Eugene and uh, U of O way. And so, well, let me just, let me just do it. And here we are three years later and it's all, it, it's, I have something to say and that's why I don't speak when I don't have anything to say. Uh, like as much as I talked about the kind of burnout of the idea of having to put everything, all the pieces together, it's also if I feel like I'm just talking to talk, you know you're never going to hear my voice. And so uh, I just, it's its sickening because there's something special about technology and the access that we do have now for the people to, to have the ability to communicate and engage and build community across the entire globe the way that we have been able to do here with Isolated Thoughts through all the other millions of mediums uh, or millions of vehicles through the medium of podcasting and uh, even actual, you know, broadcasting on radio and television since. Uh, yeah, man, I just, I know it's a even more side tangent, tangential piece, but I think it's really worth noting. And so shout out to Dame Lillard. I uh, hope he goes to the heat so we can have a rematch. You'll lose again, unfortunately, but at least he'll be to the NBA finals. At least he will have be a conference finals champion. He'll most likely be the fucking Larry Bird conference champion. And then he will play in the NBA finals and he'll be fantastic. But then Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. And Peyton Watson will just be a dog, too much of a dog to uh, overcome. But however, Dame will, Dame will get his uh, opportunity. And then maybe, after be 3P, Dane will get his first ring. Anyhow, anyway, that's it for all the basketball and sports talk. Because this is music and movie podcast. So we'll get into some tunes after this. And when I say after that, it's just me pressing pause and then putting a marker down for editing later. <laughs> music. There has been more music coming out, and I, I really do believe that there's a reason why I've gravitated less towards music, especially talking about it, because music is in a very bad place in the sense of not it being made. People, people are making quality music. But how people talk about the 2000s, 
is what's happening right now. I don't, this is, I, this I don't fucking get. Like, the 2000s, again, I hate that shit. I hate, especially when we're talking about hip-hop, at least. It's, oh, man, the bling is so bad. Get the fuck out of here. Again, y'all know, I've said this for years now. I, for, from the year 1999 to 2009, I can fucking count you nearly five classic albums. I'm talking about undeniable, undisputed, heavyweight champion of the world, hip-hop albums. And all that shit about the 2000 being bad is fucking garbage. However, right now, for the past about two, three years, there's been good music, but it's just like progressively getting worse. And 2023 has to be the biggest draw. I still love uh, Scaring the Hoes, but I kind of played it heavy a lot, and it's like, and clearly, it's not something you just throw on casually. <laughs> and so, even when I was throwing it on casually, I enjoyed it about to slow down a bit. And I feel like I'll revisit it um, later on. But right now, to kind of play it off. So, I'm setting this all up to say, it's just, it's not just hip-hop, too. Because, again, R&B has been dead. <laughs> Except for Usher. Hey, Usher Bucks is out here. I actually do want to go to his residence, residency in Vegas because, I mean... Usher's probably the best male R&B performer that's still alive and not incarcerated. <laughs> and problematic. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll say that. Yeah, but I really, I don't know who's giving Usher a run for his money that is alive. And still, like, again, like body of work, you can go with the Bobby Brown and stuff, but like with Bobby's no longer active. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in real time. I don't know if there's anyone better than Usher. So that being said, R&B's dead because uh, there's no love. Like, there's seldomly, I'm going to say it goes pretty good still. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to, I don't know. Y'all let me know what y'all, if, is, is there, who else is putting in? I listen to other artists and stuff by, again, Sir, oh man, it's sir. Oh, sir, yeah. That that well TDE gotta stop playing and let niggas drop they shit. And so yeah, drop that. Anyhow, this is all about what's happening right now. And that is Mr. Michael Render, aka Kill a Mike, because he can kill a Mike from Atlanta, Georgia, West Side, Worldwide, Dungeon Family, you know. One half of uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite duo, duos easily of this decade, this past decade rather. And I'll say one, one of the, uh, outside of Earth Gang, I don't know if there's been a duo that I've enjoyed better than Run the Jewels, him and uh, LP. And yeah, man, that, that Love Killer Mike, again, from his Outcast, Dungeon Family, Outcast affiliation days to, um, Rap music I, I enjoy, but I really didn't appreciate him as an artist, kind of as his own, until he was with LP and Run the Jewels, which makes, you know, sounds weird because now he's part of a group again. But understand, like, it, I, it worked. And so four albums later, now we have Michael, his first debut, his first uh, solo project since rap music, which was over a decade ago. And I love it. It's really great. It's a, it's a great listen. I think it's about 54 minutes long. There's really nothing to complain about. There's a couple tracks that felt like, eh, like 
I could have done done with that. I'm gonna pull up the track listen right now, so I'll stop talking out my bunzo. From the get go, down by law with CeeLo, shed tears, run. Yeah, this is one of the examples that run as a solo song. I start to like just get used to it because it's on the MLB twenty three <laughs> soundtrack. Uh or MLB twenty two soundtrack. Or that Yeah, the MLB twenty two soundtrack. But in the context of the album, it sounds better. I do agree with some of the commentary about something for the junkies that I think. So some of the commentary that I've seen about this album, and then of course, our, our, our internet's favorite music nerd, uh, Fantano, again as a white man, his commentary is going to be always like, oh, you know, blah blah. But I, I respect Fantano, nonetheless. Is that something for the junkies? I feel like as I was listening to it by myself, again, the first came out, not hearing anyone's other thoughts on it. I feel like I I understand the song and to me it explains a lot of the album that there's things that I would want him to express that I understand the sentiment of that if delivered differently would maybe hit the way that I believe the intention is which is like shedding light and humanity on folks who suffer from addiction and not just suffer from addiction but also at the hands of the community and family members who are serving them. Something for the junkies is very, uh, like the way that like yeah, the language and shit used is very like, like still not, it's like the meaning still. Like I see you crackhead. Like that's, <laughs> that's kind of how that is. Like, Hey, crackheads deserve care. Like, okay. Got you. Can we maybe try different vernacular? Uh, to to really drive home that humanity piece. However, I think it ties into this bigger piece about like Killer Killer Mike being this person that I agree a, not everything about certainly, but a lot of things about as far as just his approach to about building the black community and just him being like yo, I care about a lot of things and like on a grand level, but I'm very like what is what does it mean to be an Atlanta you know resident and Georgia resident. And how do, how can everyone else mimic that in their own communities? So that being said, there are some like pieces that don't align with like some of that like very like conscious talk that he talks about. But I take that as it's just representation. Like he's still, uh, for lack of better words, a nigga from Atlanta, and so I see that as like no, like I am, like you know, highly intelligent. But he doesn't. He's smart and like vocal and out like you know a leader but not because he projects himself to be that. He just is that. And so I appreciate this kind of raw organicness. And of course the uh, motherless man that hits, uh, it's, it's really good. So you're 53 minutes and there's no skips, scientists and engineers. Uh, I, I hope he wasn't playing when he said, I hope that he was playing when he first said that, oh yeah, I want to go listen to, oh, or, Andre 2000 played me a couple tracks and I'm actually supposed to go out there and go listen to some of his music that he has. And then he came out and made a statement like, oh, it's high, talking, blah, 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 on sway. Like, no, no. Dre told you to chill out. We got to roll out. When it's going to come out, it's going to come out. Totally he's not playing because, yeah, we need, we need. Again, I would want, an, I want, I would want a Outcast album over a 3000 solo album. But you think I'm going to argue down a Andre 3000 solo album? Come on. Come on. So, yeah, give Killer Mike, uh, Michael, a listen. 
I think I think you'll at least enjoy it first time through um, just for what he's talking. He's talking really personal, really painting that portrait, and allegedly this is part of a trilogy. So I look for. I still want Run the Jewels 5, but of course I'm here for more Maqueda. Furthering that, I don't know if there's really anything else music-wise that was uh, – I listened to Back to Business, that Young Thug album that sounds like a whole bunch of Young Thug songs that – were recorded before him going to jail and he just was okay with them being released because he needs some, uh, he needs, uh, what's it called? He needs some attorney money. Like I'm not trying to be funny. Like I, 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 that I would assume that this legal process is very taxing, especially with the, the, the scale in which this trial and these charges are garnering, and the album's just, it's not, like, bad. I just, I, I, I know I'm not the greatest Thug fan already. However, it's just a collection of songs that Drake definitely gave him, uh, like, like he called in the Drake stimulus package. for the, Like, that's the only, again, that's why I'm convinced that this album only exists to pay the bills. Because he called in two Drake features, and Drake allegedly was supposed to drop, um, in June, I assume right before the tour too, that him and Twenty One Savage are on. I could see that. Uh, yeah. So uh, the Gunna album allegedly, no, that riff that allegedly is or isn't there. I actually enjoyed a bit, a couple more songs on the Thug track on the Thug album, Back to Business, than I did Gunna. And I like Gunna. Y'all know I've said that Gunna. I enjoy Gunna's music over Lil Baby. I only put them together because they were kind of coming up together before Lil Baby kind of went even further than Gunna, but Gunna's still big. And, yeah, I, this album I didn't finish. It just was like, okay, this is this is not hitting for me. But maybe I'll go back. Maybe I'll go back. And then outside of that, music-wise, I just want to say La Russell out of uh, the, the Bay Area, I like everything that he's got going. I like the way he... he Everything, whatever you want to say, I, I like that. <laughs> uh, except for when it comes to merch, he always posts that like he has some merch, and then again, all his like everything that has he's he has for sale or that he's whatever like everything is like he makes it based off of like a offer. So like again, it's really interesting. He has just a very different model for being an independent artist that I respect and. He makes good music. I just wish that he had the same intensity in his recordings, or maybe not the same intensity because I understand the reason for turning up, again, having a different type of vigor in your live performance performances than your studio recordings. But I feel like a lot of the tracks that I enjoy, that I see the snippets that he uploads of him performing live versions of his tracks, that when I listen to the albums, they just, they don't hit the same. There's some that translate really well, but other tracks I'm like, damn, if like, I wish you was, you know, had that same type of, like that you doing live on these recordings because it ends up feeling way, like I wouldn't give a couple of tracks a chance that I would after seeing him like perform them. And so that's all that being said. Shout out to LaRusso. I hope he continues to stack up and, you know, live his best life artistically and personally. And now, now we're going to talk about what the prophet's watching. 
what the private watching and we're gonna play a choose their own adventure if you would like to hear me talk about television first say one if you would like for me to talk about film second or first say that one i'll wait you say you want me to talk about television first <laughs> well you didn't have to yell at me We'll get into From, The Idol, The Bear, and Black Mirror. So From, I loved it. Season two, I, I'm telling you, media literacy to me is just fucking not existent. And I, I think that there's people that in, like can find quality shit and know that it's, maybe they know it's quality, but they're enjoying it because it is quality. But when I hear folks watch shows that have mysteries like From, they're like, oh, there's no more answers, too many questions. Just enjoy the ride. If it takes you to a great destination and the journey's good, what do you have to complain about? Like, I don't need you to tell, like, what mystery is there if we know all the answers, right? If we know all the answers, it's like, okay, well, now you just kind of go from one thing to the next, and it's just about creating false drama through, I don't know, like, people, are, like, if you know everything, then I don't know. It just, there's a lot of things I could break down as far as narratively, character wise, because we want to continue to unfold layers. Uh, and again, it's, it requires, it puts pressure on the writers to create a better, you know, a great ending. If you maybe, if, you know, there's credence to the idea that I don't know what's happening. I don't feel that way. I believe that, you know, there could be almost, well, like, too much it could be this is a simulation like not simulation but like an experiment of some sort like some type of real like they're truly like there's no physical harm happening real danger but they're under some like psychosis type shit um or there is some like supernatural shit that they just are stuck in i don't know and there could be people on the inside that are you know kind of keeping things in line or whatever either way i'm interested in learning like each like oh hmm, okay well like why is this and then you need certain people to you know cause certain trouble and all types of shit. i hate that randall character he's he's just god awful uh yeah and i say i didn't like how he had um boyd like he was he's always been smart and you know even though he may make mistakes when he let the fucking the dude hanging up in the chains cut his fucking arm, I was like, "Come on, bro! Like, just stop being stu-. like." Again, the, re- the whole first season, second season, like the whole series, he's been solid. Like, again, he's not perfect, but he's been solid as far as decision making, and that's why he's the leader and the fucking sheriff of the town. But then he just let the fucking dirty nails cut. I'm like, "Come on, bro!" But I don't know. I'm looking forward to season three. Rider Strike certainly probably is gonna make that difficult to. Um, happen anytime soon, but in due time, in due time, moving from that, we'll go down to Black Mirror, another mysterious uh, show. I love Black Mirror. I, I jumped on mid, like right after season two, and then right before season three had came out. And I was like, oh yeah, this is a phenomenal show. This is a phenomenal show, the way they're able to put all this shit together. And the subsequent seasons have been a little rough on the edge. I feel like one through three are really good. There's episodes throughout four and five that are 
damn, memorable. But nothing quite like I think season three might even be the best season. But again, there's yeah, there's just there's many great episodes. However, I don't blame them because the times we live in now, the relationship with technology has gotten so much more outlandish that it's hard for folks to come up with shit that is genuinely thoughtful and or thought provoking makes you consider certain shit. And so I really like this idea of this potential red mirror. So my favorite episode is the, the, the Aaron Paul, I think it's like beyond the sea. I can't think of the name of the episode right now, but the episode where the space, like alternative space 1960s or whatever that is. And then the space mission, that one's my favorite. Uh, and then the last episode, the red demon or something like that, I think it's the name. That's my second favorite, even though I'll get to the red mirror shit. And then I, I, I did enjoy the Joan is awful. Uh, you know, that was a good viral marketing moment that, you know, them, because the first two episodes are only one the first, I guess three episodes, the first two episodes, you know, three. Yeah. Cause it's still tech related that that's what black mirror is as essence. The second, ep- the, the second to last episode with the, Mm, mm, mm. Mm. When the God's gifts to Earth Zazi, uh, I'm telling right now that that is the only reason why the episode is watchable because of her. That episode is god awful. It's it, it's not the worst Black Mirror episode, but it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, and but it made more sense after you watch the last episode. So. That being said, it's cool. Like again, Jones awful. I, I think that we're not far from that. As someone who I'm not lying, reads or at least skims every I skim every single terms of agreement that I sign up for. There's things I, I have never signed up for, like services close to video games and shit like that, that I I don't have an online account for and have been able to engage with their content because I've seen like, bro, why do I have to fucking waive my rights to just even be alive to play this shit or why do I know, like, why do you need to collect my data and then possibly be able to use it in this universe and anyone adjacent to it? Like, what the fuck are you? Like, bro, I just want to fucking sign up and play a video game, bro. Like, I'm not going to steal it. I'm not going to abuse it. I just want to fucking play. And so that being said, I think that, yeah, we're, we're not far off from, I mean, the whole, Joan, even more inceptional, the, they had a marketing campaign where, I mean, it still might be up right now where you can go to straw like Streamberry, like their little parody uh, Netflix that they made for the show. And you can create your own blah, 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 like awful. You get like upload a picture and then the name and then they create it. And but when you look at it, it said that they they own the right to do whatever they want with that, like your likeness and image. And it's fucking nuts because I don't know. if Yeah, it, it's like, yo. They're like, okay, we're see how, just how stupid people are. We've seen what the show did, and now you're okay with that? Well, then here, we're going to give you a shot to create your own version and get to upload the picture, and then people are getting their pictures uploaded to billboards and shit. Pretty crazy. That being said, The Red Mirror is the last two episodes. If you've seen the series, tune out a little bit. Just uh, talk about it for, I promise, two minutes maximum. Maybe not even that. Because I won't even go into yeah, spoiler territory, like too much just saying that. They're not technology related. Is there technology involved? 
Sure. Like, is there media involved? I'll say yes. It's more so that media is involved. And the second episode is way better because it's shot and it's aesthetically, artistically, and narratively done really well that the first one just lacks all that except for a, a, a beautiful muse. And I th- was looking into, I was trying to find more about it, but I couldn't find any confirmation, but it seems like it's a, th- a possible thing that Red Mirror, like if you, I don't remember seeing it in the second, the second to last episode, the fucking werewolf episode, but the, the, in the last episode with the red demon, you see at the beginning of the episode, it's like a short film and it says a red mirror production or whatever. I was like, huh, it's interesting. Red mirror, black mirror, blah, blah. And it being more supernatural that, that to me is a, like they'll, that could be the proper spinoff. Like, okay, we can't, whatever technology we come up with or like ideas and stories that interweave about the dangers of the usage of technology and morality and ethics and yada yada. How about we do the same thing? Just take out technology and have it be around the supernatural. And I'm fucking here for that. So I hope that these last two episodes are indicative of something that the black mirror team or whoever's involved with the red mirror and black mirror, however that began that they do continue. I would like to see at least a five, six episode season of Red Mirror episodes. Other get moral, ethical dilemmas, and then, but the 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 focal point is something supernatural, rather it being um, tied to technology. So, yeah, shout out to them folks. We'll keep on moving down the track. Bear, I've only seen the first three episodes of season two. I love season one. Um, I'm trying to tamper my expectations because I keep hearing about episode six, episode six. You know, I love episode seven of, you know, first season. And yeah, I wonder, cause I really, again, I thought the bear was supposed to be a limited series, but hey, I'm, I'm here for it. Hulu and their damn 30 minute episode TV shows keep cranking out the quality. Now the idol, I won't spend too much time on idol cause I'm not here to defend it. But I do think it's really weird. The hate that the show's gotten, I enjoyed it. I tuned in from the premiere through the finale. I, I, every week, I tuned into my Max app, and I was observing and watching the idol. And I think as someone maybe who didn't pay attention to much of the the kind of articles and shit written about the idol pre-production. I just knew that allegedly there was um, some issues with the weekend and production behind the scenes. That to me, um, that like I didn't pay attention to it because I'm like I don't know. I, 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 that was like what the draw in for like all this hoopla around the the show behind the scenes that there was some issues and yeah yeah. And there was supposed to be some scenes cut, too grotesque. I'm like, okay, what's all this about? And but I didn't read anything, so I didn't see that. I guess allegedly weekend was really hard to work with or whatever. I don't know. I'm not. I'm gonna speak on something I don't know all that fully about. But I think that I've seen that circulate enough that it seems like there's some credence to that. Unfortunately, all I will say is the weekend's character in the show 
is intentionally like he, he's a he's a master manipulator that's insecure. He's not an evil mad genius. He's not he's not a fucking like he his his power comes from his charisma or what his perceived charisma and his ability to be to know like he has knowledge especially when it comes to music and art that he has a certain type of knowledge and the way he carries himself that weak-minded people particularly like the young women in the show that are uh, portrayed that he really does want them to succeed that's the crazy part that's why like i think it's a nuanced character that he wants them to succeed but of course he wants the attention it's not even that he wants like money and he just wants to show that he's like again that's why he's insecure and that's why once uh jocelyn's character she you know recognizes the kind of play that she would like once she kind of figure out like well of course at the end is i i, I will talk spoilers here i don't know if anyone even cares about the idol so i feel like i'm not spoiling too much but i think it's worth the listen so again skip ahead a few <laughs> i don't just, just skip ahead a few that uh, i'll have actually timestamps in the fucking thing and so yeah I, you should be able to see where to jump to anyhow the idea that he is someone yeah once she yeah, realized his ruse to the extent that her his ruse was because she understood that he he, he had a, like he had a game and then at the end of the series realized that she had a game too and she was willing to like navigate all the shit with him because she needed a muse like she, like he was her, her muse as much as like wherever we thought the case was um and so i don't know i just think that like him like people saying like he's just, like uh, it's a little cringy and all that shit. I'm like, he is like supposed to be that. And I'm not saying that because allegedly the weekend's been saying that. I don't even, I don't think I even follow him. I think maybe I do. I don't know. The podcast account does. I don't follow him personally. So I don't keep up with his tweets, but I've seen again the discourse online. I'll look up the hashtag and see what people are talking about. And I just don't get it. Like, he's not supposed to be cool. He's not supposed to be a cool guy. He wears a rat tail. Like, he literally is supposed to be a fucking like, like a, like, a sleazeball like he's not supposed to be a, a a good guy that has evil intentions he's not supposed to be fucking 50 shades of gray bro like he's like he's not i don't well i don't, I, I, I think that guy might be corny too i don't know i don't engage i'm not the demographic for that but from outside that's what i see it as nonetheless so i think if you don't if you, sam livingston or whatever the guy's name is again you know i can't stand euphoria i'm i just don't understand how you can people can like euphoria a show where Yes, they're young adults, but they're depicted as teenagers, so children, and they're smoking and having adult, they're naked and having sex and all that shit, and they're supposed to be underage, but these adults that are doing it, it's too grotesque, it's too whatever, it's too cringy, too what, like, I don't get it. So, whatever, again, issues about Sam Livingston, sure, cool, whatever, again, I get it euphoria biggest legitimately the biggest thing in hbo history which is crazy yeah i think the season season two had the most views totally and i think the the finale had the most like even more than game of thrones and so yeah pretty crazy anyhow anyway i know I, I i enjoyed it. It, it it the little cheesy songs and stuff again it's like sat, it's satire it's it's there's there really unfortunately are people who are navigating life like this in the sense of mooching off other people, people who have 
talent and stardom and they're they can't see that their team's deceiving them like the idea even the, the on the team like Haim and uh Destiny being like a a more duo between uh I think his name is like Ficklestein and the other like agent lady that they're supposed to be her main team but even amongst the team they're not on the same page and they trying to like one up each other or cut backdoor each other and there's just yeah everyone's in it for themselves and there are a few people that are like don't have agency like her friend that's an assistant that just doesn't have or like doesn't have fucking agency to speak up for herself and really know how to advocate and so she just kind of goes like shit that she probably doesn't actually want to do but ends up doing things um yeah man i don't know i it it wasn't it won't it won't make the best shows i've seen this year but i didn't hate it and aesthetically it looked cool so that's the idol uh, i will say let me, let me type in the the dive step now so if you aren't a fan of idol come back at the <laughs> 52 minute uh mark but as far as the films go the flash Saw the Flash. I won't spend too much time. It's been some time since I've seen it. Shout out to Angelic and Warner Brothers for the premiere. The Flash is cool. I enjoyed it. It's not again one of my favorite superhero movies, but I think for the the clip that DC shoots, you know, the one that hit versus the many that missed me. And yeah, I, I get all again. I get the reason why it flopped. It just unfortunately had a lot of too much baggage Ezra baggage and also just there's just a lot of confusion right now at the DC joint and I think I'm gonna see Blue Beetle because I want to support Blue, Blue Beetle and hope that just gets love representation wise but also seem like it could be a, a cool movie but I don't think they're gonna turn the ship around until the new DC movie like the, like the, the gun era finally is underway um so yeah I, I gave like a, a three out of five you know it, it, it wasn't yeah, it wasn't old, knocking my socks off, but I, I enjoyed the movie. I really did enjoy the movie. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse. Now, that, unfortunately, was more underwhelming. I felt as though Gwen genuinely was annoying, like, even more than just her, like, character is supposed to be, you know, I get it, her and her dad are pretty similar and all that shit, but she just was annoying. And then... Yeah, I don't know. I, I think visually it's one of the best animated films I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, it, it just shows that the work was put into it. But also that the lack of cohesion going into the, the end of the movie that feels like it was like, it feels like it was cut kind of, not abrupt, but that there's no way they could finish the story. And then a third movie comes out. Again, the, the way that Across the Spider-Verse um, or into the Spider Verse felt like again it's a part of a trilogy, but it felt like a its own movie. While Beyond the Spider Verse feels like it was a two parter versus a, a sequel and then a third movie. Like Spider Man Two doesn't feel like a setup for Spider Man Three. It feels like sure a sequel to Spider Man One, but still an its own movie. And then Spider Man Three, unfortunately, is what it is. But and so that's how you you know do it. And like a truly, it shouldn't. Yeah, it shouldn't end in like, oh, how's our hero get out of this? Not again. You do that for episodes in television. Not, I don't know. Just yeah, it just because a lot was happening. But again, visually loved it. All the Spider-Man like Easter egg and just nods and shit. 
ate it all up. But just so it doesn't, I, I really, really just enjoyed everything when it came to Into the Spider-Verse. Anyhow, Asteroid City, the most endearing movie I saw this year. I never was a big Wes Anderson fan, not because I didn't like him, just because I his movies aren't marketed to me. Um, but as I've gotten to be a bit more snobbish, no, I, I, I see it. And, I yeah, I really like Asteroid City. Again, it's just endearing is the only word I got said in my review. I have a whole review up on the the patreon but yeah i i i enjoyed it so yeah check out the patreon if you want to hear virtually a review for any of these movies more in depth i enjoyed it the blackening <laughs> i recently uh, i've seen it a little while ago but i uploaded the review last night on patreon check it out i would just say i enjoyed it i i had some good chuckles um for you know the haunted house and all these like you know black parody movies and stuff, I'm glad it wasn't that. Like it was its own movie, and so I, I yeah, I just think some of those tropes and things are tired as far as those type of movies. But this movie again tackles it's like it it, it does something that I don't think is it's easy to mess up, but they had enough nuance in there they was like okay now th- like this was written by people who care like they, they they cared about at least creating something that was worthwhile um given the budget and size and so yeah shout shout to the blackening I, I i enjoyed that uh and then i'll in uh two more films one that was disappointing another one that was not but both horror insidious the red door the fifth insidious movie i was gonna write a re- i was gonna i wrote a review but i was going to record a review no need if you're a fan of the series like an actual fan of the series sure you enjoy the lambert family getting their um you know kind of their conclusion properly but yeah that movie is not a it's not it's just relying on jump scares like it was like a a better narrative of the nun or some shit i won't say it that bad but it just was like uh, there was so much downtime. I was like, "Is this a horror movie?" Like, I know this horror is supposed to be happening, but there's nothing. It's like, oh, my fault. It's like, it reminds me of actually. I think about it, it reminds me of a lot of Smile, not in the same way, but this idea of tackling mental health and having that be an allegory for you know horror. You know, this idea of Smile is a di- you know different type of like mental health uh, kind of take and angle. But Insidious, the Red Door. Oh, you got fucking you know repressed memories and like you can't like suppress your life. Like you have to navigate and heal. That's the only way that we can actually move forward and grow. Because if not, it's gonna like you're you're still hiding a piece. Like you're hiding yourself from yourself. And so, um, whether it be the repressed memories about poltergeist or uh, the idea of like really like you know suppressing harm and harm and trauma. Uh, it doesn't help us, and that is real. And so that, and also the sins of our father, like that literally being a thing from, um, the, I forget Patrick Wilson's character's name, but his like father in the movie that we don't really know too much about until this movie. And then, I don't know, I mean, we heard about him original, from the original, but we don't, he doesn't come back until now. And then also him to his son, Dalton, Again, I'm always a fan of kid actors coming back and playing their exact same character, but older. 
and so yeah the sins of our father pretty much you know like impacting us as both mentally maybe genetically with their their medium abilities but also uh yeah the trauma and shit beforehand so again there's some cool like whatever i like sinclair daniel uh beautiful black woman as uh you know chris the roommate she was funny she was charming she was i I enjoyed i enjoyed her being on screen but it was just this weird like not horror movie it just happened it was like oh shit we supposed to scare people y'all hold on hold on on." in action and then it was just like all right now we're gonna like tell this story about like this boy and his son or like this family is struggling to be together so we always want to show them not together they're never in the (laughs) they spend 97 percent of the movie not in the same place at all Actually, it's been 98% of the movie just not in the same place. Everyone's just on their own individual journeys, but all impacted by each other, which I guess maybe could be a take, too. There might be something, you know, worthwhile perspectively there. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, it's it's underwhelming. Um, I wish I wasted my time, but, yeah, I didn't have high expectations, but it was like, oh, okay, well, you could at least surprise me with something to be happy about walking away from this but it wasn't god awful more insidious movies probably are going to come i don't know just make good horror it's 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 not easy but if you love the medium you love the genre you can do it you can do it especially i know james wan is not i mean he produced it but what does that really mean they just signed off on the motherfuckers like oh, you can, yeah hey lambert here you go I mean, Patrick Wilson directed it, so kudos to that. Now, Copez, which is a French film, translates to the English word uh, Final Cut. I did a review, so I'm not going to be long-winded here, but my description, like the short description was, I'm a movie, playing a movie, disguised as another movie, and that's literally what Copez is. And just go go see it. It's a horror comedy, so don't worry about it being like, if you're scared of horror movies, you're not going to be afraid to watch this. It's not scary at all. It's not, a, it's not a scary movie one bit. It's horror because there's blood and guts and shit, but again, the gore is, what's the wrong word? Like the gore, the gore is, again, for effect. It's not, meant to again be disgusting i mean well there's i'll give a there's a vomit warning there there is some vomit in the movie so i know that can be like queasy for some folks but i I saw it for uh, like a surprise screening so i knew nothing i mean i didn't even know the name of the movie going into that motherfucker and i think that's the best way to not know what the fuck you watching because it just it's jarring it's like what why and they're like, oh, people left. Like, people left the movie and didn't come back because the first, because of how the movie starts off. So, I, I it came out in 2022. But if it was a 20, like, I'm sticking hard to my rule. If it was a 2023 release, because I'm pretty sure, like, it, it, I only saw it this year, but it was only released in, like, it was probably was released in 2022. If not, it would make my top 10, like, no questions asked. No matter how many good things I see this year, it would make my top 10. But, unfortunately, it was a 22 to release. So, it would make my, like, maybe, you know, some of my favorites watch this year. But as far as 2023 releases, it doesn't make the cut. But we're an hour in. And, I no, I know y'all want to. I know. You've been driving. You've been cooking. You've been whatever you've been doing. It's time. It's time for some food for thought so you can go about your day. My food for thought is really coming off the top. Uh, 
because it just yeah just came to me that's really simple i just never stop dreaming never stop just hoping imagining really don't let your isolated thoughts get away from you <laughs> i mean that for i i know that as we get older um as people within a society especially the one of the us of a um you know what happens to a dream deferred my namesake would say and i just believe that it keeps us connected and around i know that i'll just spend another episode talking about how the how therapy speak has ruined us as people and there's actually a great new york times article that backs it up far uh, as far as dating goes but also just self-perception as far as using the language but what i was going to go to is say that damn that's what side tangents do to you when you're just thinking out loud. But essentially, uh, I was gonna, uh, this is gonna be something about the dream piece and some about a particular like phrase I wanna use. But essentially, it's uh, that you, you have to kind of just give, you know, give in and do things that you feel like you have to do because, yeah, man, listen, where I'm at right now, the type of bills I got, the type of shit, bruh, what? Come on. But I know that this shit, bruh, is meaningless. And so that doesn't, again, there's the bleakness you could stay in right there. It's meaningless. And so now what do you have to live for? Uh, rather than it's meaningless. And so that's why I don't give it my, like, everything isn't meaningless. Everything matters, right? It matters that I'm engaging in a country that doesn't value people that have their own rights to their bodies reproductively, that I don't, that, that we've created a made-up system as far as debt and financing or the permission to gain education, a quality education. And if you worked hard for it and you earned your education, uh, whatever that fucking means really, but if you met the marks and you, you, you showed improvement and understanding and a desire and passion that because of getting made up currency and shit, now you are in debt. And that means that the way you earn money and all this little shit that just is, all weirdo beardo shit that I don't it can be stressful when one isn't uh lucratively sound one isn't financially uh you know affluent at this point in time however I know like so I understand the severity of it but I know that it doesn't what weight does it really carry because in my last moments, I promise you, I'm not going to think about how much money I owe, if I owe anything, uh, or what, like, if my bills are paid, much as what did, who was I? What did, what did I do? What Was I happy? Getting happiness, of course, is a state that is to be maintained. And so there's no, um, there's no in nirvana that you reach happiness. It's it's the, the state that has to be worked towards. And I know that, I don't even want to have to wait until it's all said and done. When again, when it's out of my control, when one's sick or tired or old or met an untimely demise, that you you live those you each you live each moment knowing that's a possibility. And so, just like those bills, I'm like, but just like those bills, but unlike those bills, just like those bills, there they can be heavy and looming. But unlike those bills, those shits are fucking made up and can be eradicated, loopholed, and all the other shit. But death, my boy, you cannot cheat it. I don't care how many Final Destination movies you've seen. When it's your time, 
the, the alarm clock rings. There ain't no snooze button to it. And so I'd rather love you because I love me. I hope that you love you. So you love your neighbor, your friend, your mother, your daughter, your, your brother, whoever is around you, your neighbor, that you have the ability to love the cashier, the, 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 the sanitation worker, the whoever, what role they play in our world. And then we're just that much kinder to each other. And so the idea of you, you never giving up your dream, however that looks like, whatever, whatever it may be, that you're able to just be around those type of things. I get when it comes to certain careers and shit, but you know what you're really passionate about. And so, I mean, sure, you may be a fucking English teacher and you may always have wanted to be an astronaut. If you really, really want to be an astronaut, I, I don't know what to tell you. It might going to be a little bit of work <laughs> to make that big of a thing. But if it's more that I just love space and you always thought an astronaut was your like way to do it, now we're talking. Now we can understand, okay, it's not that I always just like wanted to be an astronaut. I've always just loved space, the moon, the stars, the planets. And what does it mean to continually feed yourself opportunities to engage with community of folks who have the same type of passion and vigor, but also just the um, ways to sharpen that, scratch that itch and, and get closer to it because who knows? I mean, if you got a couple of dollars in your pocket, they taking space flights to fucking space uh, for commercial fun, I guess. <laughs> uh, God rest the people that were in that submarine going to see the Titanic. Like, I, I get, I get all the like, oh, they're billionaires. But come on, bro. Like, I, it's just, like, it's just not funny. People dying tragic deaths. Like, I, it's not like it's unfortunate. And it's like, oh, look. Look where we're spending our money on, but you want to talk about look at where we're spending our money on as far as like, I'm not, you know, Ishne on the yo, they're just uh, sending a lot of uh, weapon, eh? But <laughs> not going to do that, not going to do that here. So, why, like you said, something about don't stop dreaming. What the fuck are you talking about? It's don't lose you, don't lose you for what you think you have to be. And I know that I don't even address that a lot of that shit on here because I, I've never given my entire life any mind to what societal pressures and all. There's people who say that, but if you know Langston Mayo, you know, like, bro, I, I've never, like, what the fuck labels all this shit? So as I've grown to understand certain things that I get why certain folks feel what they, like, the pressures that they feel because the the privilege of me growing up in a way that, sure, it was strict, but... It wasn't on my personhood that I will further elaborate in saying that it's when you don't lose you, when when you don't rip, when you don't feel like, oh, I have like these like especially with the responsibilities, I'll have to work. I have to do you do have to like you have to stay in the game, right? But the idea is don't don't sell yourself to the game. Don't give in to whatever you feel like is the, the path of least resistance when you know that you were meant for more, when you were meant for, and more is not in monetary and tangible measurement, but rather more fulfillment, more enjoyment, more pleasure, more experience, more exposure. Um, and those, again, experience and exposure don't just mean there won't be pain and there won't be suffering and there won't be sorrow, but all be worth it. Um, so what are we willing to endure and but and for why? Because if we know our why, then we've always got this. 
So that being said, a Houston legend we lost recently, um, Big Pokey. Um, yeah, screwed up click shit. Uh, yeah, man, that was, that was really that was tragic to see. There was a video circulating all that shit too, man. Uh, <sighs> prayers to the family, the community, H Town legend, man. The hardest pit is Big Pokey. So I'm I'm play y'all down the way out. Again, this is episode 97. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I do ask. I'll be more explicit now. Just share this. Share it like, please. Share it on your fucking Finsta, your Insta, your threads, your legs. Wherever you want to be, do that instead. But no, truly, I I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Join the Patreon. We're still cracking over there. But yeah, send this to your grandma. Send this to your friend. Whoever you want to be. Whoever you want to have something, have have something nice in their life, do that too. So this is Big Pokey, Hardest Pit, Long Live. Until next time, one, love, out. Hey, cuz, I'm off the chain, man. Let me go down. Trip with me as I infiltrate your noggin. I'm to the point in mind boggling, keep it throbbing. If you swing, I'm bobbing. Even if I'm dubbed, I'm mobbing. On a dope corner in my joint, niggas is starving. They need to get their game sharpened. Out there robbing, find to get their days darkened. I keep my fofo barking for them lanes locking. And them busters plotting on me in the valet parking. Steady sparking, pines of killer. Bust a young nigga grinds for Skriller on the riller. I load 18 wheelers for the yell. Dog proof for the smell. All about my meal. Only time to tell. On my trail, plus you know that a young nigga tips to scale. A heavy waiter, be a boy, then a trader. Biting mice, I'm a rap game gladiator. Number one, always keep it thriller. Number two, never guess an untamed gorilla. Cap killer, cause I bite mice for thriller. Make it for me, who I be, hardest hit the litter. Rule number one, always keep it thriller. Number two, never guess an untamed gorilla. Cap killer, cause I bite mice for thriller. Make it for me. Nigga, on drink, I'm sluggish. Mug mean if a beam and a brick in my luggage. Keep my game face on when I'm punching the clock. From a rock to a block, my spot out is a crock pot. Stone shot connector, red dot reflector. 50 pound dissector when I'm buying from Hector. Corpse collector, plus a snitch detector. IQ like Lester, dope game perfecter. Mom style protector, Scott Street infector. I'm a platinum editor, CEO director. Tin checker. Just a certified decker, sweeping up sets like a black endeavor. I got Texas waves, and simply cause I'm Texas rage. And handle all animosity with Texas K's. Split two pays, I stain the brain. Everything gon' remain the same. What's my name? Rule number one, always keep it thriller. Number two, never test an untamed gorilla. Cap killer, cause I bite mics for thriller. Take it from me, who I be? Keep the rules, if you snooze, you lose. That's why I choose to strap my shoes and pay my dues. Leave no clues, cause niggas is fools. Hearts colder than Igaloo. Coolers full of ice, tea leaves. Bow you, shoot the dice. Or catch that one-way flight to paradise. 
It's nothing nice if it ain't your time. Keep on if you think I'm lying. It go down. I stay on top of mine. My game and stains niggas' brains like migraine. It ain't mine if it ain't wide frame. What if you off the chain? Then you best a high man. Fit versus for change and bring the pain. Rap game John Wayne. That's a goddamn shame. And for real, for aim. When I rain, just a nigga you can't contain. Uncut cocaine. I'm wrong, number one. Always keep it realer. Number two. Never that's an untamed gorilla. Cap filler. Plus I bite mics for Skrilla. Take it from me, who I be. Hardest hitting the little. Rule number one. Always keep it realer. 